Hallelujah. Father, we praise you this morning. We thank you this morning as we come before the throne of God. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would invade this place, invade this city, invade this nation and around the world, that you would pour out your spirit without measure. We thank you and praise you this morning for the word. We thank you for this season and time that we're in. Hallelujah. And it's a, a, a very precious time, a very precious season, a pattern of what you're doing in the earth. And we pray, Lord, that those that hear the word of God this morning will be blessed. Those that are listening and watching on YouTube, uh, that you hear the word of the Lord. There is power, power being released. There is power in Pentecost. Amen. 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 You know, the power of Pentecost, it was a, uh, in Acts chapter 1, we'll start there. <clears throat> it was a transition time. Uh, they're going from 400 years of silence, 400 years of not hearing from God, to John the Baptist showing up on the scene and, and beginning to uh, preach the baptism of Jesus, uh, baptism of water. And uh, verse, Acts 1 verse 4 says, Now while being in their company and eating with them, Jesus commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but not many days from now you shall be baptized, placed in, introduced into the Holy Spirit. He said it's going to be a transition. God, John is waking you up that you have to repent and be baptized, but there's another level you're about to be introduced to, and that's the Holy Spirit. Uh, it was referencing John 14, verse 16 to 17. He says, and I will ask the Father, Jesus said, he will give you a, another comforter. And this comforter is a counselor. He's a helper. He's an intercessor. He's an advocate. He's a strengthener. He's a standby. In other words, I always used to say, when I first got saved, I said, oh, I got my own invisible man. Amen. I can't see him, but I know he's there. Amen. My own invisible man. And he will remain with you forever. Amen. He don't leave you. He, he's with us forever. Verse 17. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take it to its heart. The world can't receive the Holy Spirit because it does not see him or know and recognize him. But you know and recognize him. For he lives with you constantly and will be in you. So we know him, but those that have been out there marching, a lot of them don't know God, a lot of them don't know Christ, a lot of them were out there praying, a lot of people were in unity, a lot of nationalities were coming together. It wasn't, it wasn't about racism, so to speak, because the races are coming together. It's about one or two groups, small groups that are trying to destroy what's already been built. Amen? Because uh, there is no Jew or Greek or any in, in, in God, but the generation's uh, walls have been broken and they're still being broken and we still need to deal with that last piece of hatred that is in the nation, that is in the hearts of people. It's taken years and years to get that teaching out of people's hearts. Uh, I grew up in the, uh, 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 in, in the uh, 50s and 60s. I've had rocks thrown at me. I've been spit on. I've been, you know, all kind of things, called names, and I've been discriminated against on jobs. I've been I was in the military and they discriminated against me. So, you know, it's there too. So it's everywhere, but you got to deal with it when it shows its head. And so here's Jesus here. There's a promise of a down payment. I, 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 I'm going I'm to send the Holy Spirit, the comforter, to help you. He said, but the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the strengthener, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name and in my place, because I'm going to leave. He's going to come in my place to represent me and to act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. He will cause you to recall or bring or remind you or come to mind, remind you or bring your remembrance the things that I have said, the things that you have read, the things that you have studied in the Bible, the things that you have read, you know, uh, all kind of things you've read in the Bible and learned. And, and, and the Holy Spirit said he will bring that back to your remembrance. And so when you're out talking to somebody new on the street or in the store and then you know they ain't saved and you start talking to them and all of a sudden scriptures start jumping up in you. you. Say, where did that come from? All of a sudden you start talking about God and you say, let me tell you about what God did for me. And next thing you know, you're just going on and on and on. Oh, you got to shut me up. I'm going to keep preaching to you. It just comes out of you because he brings it back to your remembrance. 
You say, I didn't even think, I wasn't even thinking about this. And all of a sudden, it just comes up to your mind. That's the Holy Spirit in you. He's your comforter. He's with you. He's your counselor. Hallelujah. You can't get in trouble. If you can't get in touch with somebody else, he's your counselor. Amen. Talk to him. Amen. Amen. Just sit there and say, why are you talking to yourself? I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to the Holy Ghost. Amen. (laughs) He's my helper, my intercessor. They can put you in the mental hospital you're out there talking to yourself. Amen. No, I'm talking to the Holy Ghost. You know, Holy Ghost having a conversation. Amen. He's giving me wisdom. So back in Acts 1, verse 6 says, Now, so when they were assembled, they asked him, Lord, he said, Now, is this the time where you will establish the kingdom and to restore Israel? And so they wanted to know. He said, Well, now he, 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 he came back, he ascended and came back, and he began to show himself 40 days. He said, Now, is this the time you're going to begin to reestablish uh, uh, the kingdom and restore Israel? And he said to him, this, this is important. It's not for you or me to know or become acquainted with, or know what time brings, the things, or the events of time, the definite periods, or fixed years, or seasons, their critical niche in time. So we're in a critical niche in time, and we're expecting the pattern to be restored as in the Old Testament, because in the Old Testament, there were three, te- there were three feasts. It was the Feast of Atonement, Passover, then there was the Feast of Pentecost, where we are now, and then there's a feast of, of trumpets that is in the fall. It, it, the atonement, they killed a lamb, and they would atone your sin, your sins would roll ahead. But in, in Pentecost, they were required to bring wheat offering. It was around June, around the mid, mid-year offerings of, of, of lambs and meat offerings, and they would wave the sheaf of wheat uh, uh, as an offering to the Lord of the first fruits of their summer harvest. See, there's different types. Barley is a, is a winter harvest or early harvest. Barley grows in a different season. And I found out you can plant wheat in the summer and you can plant wheat or barley in the fall. Yes, you can. And, get, and you get a harvest off of that. Yep. And so I didn't realize that you can, you know, they're different, they grow at different seasons, different temperatures, uh, certain plants grow. So there was a harvest, it was a time of bringing a sacrifice to the Lord. A sacrifice to the Lord. It was Pentecost was the was the uh, seventh of the seven weeks or seven. Uh, it was seven weeks, seven weeks, and on the fiftieth day of the forty after forty seventh day of the seventh week, the fiftieth day was Pentecost. This was Jesus saying, "Now go wait for me, and and uh, uh, I'll stand the kingdom." But he said, "But you shall receive power." Well, let me finish verse seven. He says, "Now." Uh, their critical niche in time, which the Father has appointed, fixed and reserved by his own choice and authority and his personal power. So uh, everybody's been prophesying this time, this season, this year, 2020, this month, uh, as the beginning of Pentecost or the beginning of an outpouring for the harvest. Pentecost was the harvest. It was the first fruits of the harvest. And so today is the first fruit, or it's supposed to be the first fruit of the beginning of the harvest. And so we're believing God that this is the beginning of the harvest of souls to come into the kingdom of God. We're in this place. And we're seeing why, uh, because of all the things on the TV for the last two or three days, people are oppressed. Uh, Some of them don't even know why they're out there. They don't even know why they're mad. They don't even know why they're angry. They just say, I got to say something. I got to do something. I got to, you know, voice something. They don't have the hope that we have. They don't have the Holy Spirit that we have. But God, in his divine wisdom, I believe that he's going to open up their eyes finally. Amen. Amen. With an outpouring of his spirit. And they're going to come and say, why am I angry? Why am I upset? I'm frustrated. They shut down my business. I don't have a job. Everything that I depended on is falling apart. What can I do without having to kill somebody or commit suicide? And we have the answer. Mm-hmm. He said, but, verse 8, but you shall be, receive power or the ability or the efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the uh, very bounds of the earth. Now, a lot of people sort of zip past this little portion here. You know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Samaria was where, uh, was the projects. Samarians were the ones that were the mixed, mixed breed. They weren't Jew. They, weren't, they were mixed. They were Jews that mixed with other national, nationalities. And they were disdained. They, uh, they, let's put it in. They were the black folks of, 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 the, of the city. They were disdained. 
Jesus talked to the woman from Samaria. She said, why are you talking to me? Mm -hmm. Y'all don't talk to us. We're the lowest of the lowest, lowest, lowest class. And, and when they took uh, uh, Judah, Jerusalem, and uh, Judah into captivity, the Syrians and Babylonians came and took them, guess who they left? Yes. Samaritans. They didn't even take the Samaritans into captivity. They said, we don't want y'all. <laughs> they were really rejected. They said, you Samaritans stay here and till the land and take care, take care of the land. So they were nothing, nothing in the ends of the earth. He said, but you're going to be witness to them, and you're going to be power. I'm going to give you power. First John says, now, 4 verse 17, he says, in this union or communion with him, with the Holy Spirit, you have this union with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us. So how does this work? When you repent of your sins, you receive the Holy Spirit. Also, he said, the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts. When you receive the Holy Spirit, he puts his love in our hearts. So now you're perfect. So you can't say you can't love, folks, because it ain't your love anyway. It's his. He, already gave, he said, I'm going to give you my love so you can give to folks, because you can't love them the way I, you need to love them. I'm going to give you the, un, the, the love that is unconditional. That we may have confidence for the day of judgment. So why can Christians smile? We have the love of God in us. I just lose the love of God on you. Well, he killed. Uh, 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 they killed the man. He, he choked him to death. What the man, father, mother says, forgive him. You got the love of God in him. Just stop riding. Forgive him. Amen. Amen. This man was new Jesus. They got pictures of him. He had Bible. He did evangelism. And, and all of this stuff, we'll find out about him. But he had Christ in him. We know that. He says, so the love, the confidence of the day of judgment, that with assurance and boldness to face him, because he, as he is, so we are in this world. So we know this world is not our home. We know that we can face God because he's in us. I've had people say, I just don't feel the Holy Ghost. I, I just don't, I, I don't know if God loves me. I, I, I said, do you speak in tongues? They said, yeah. I said, so start speaking. And they do. They say, now, this, the Bible says this is your witness, that you have the Holy Ghost, that God is with you. You can't speak in tongues without the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And so he's in you. So you're looking out there, but he's in here. That's right. He said, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist for the Christian. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns out fear outdoors and expels every trace of terror. So we don't get upset because, oh, the corona said, oh, this is the, no, love casts it out. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not yet reached the full maturity of love. It has not yet grown into love's complete perfection. So all the people out there that are frustrated and mad is because they don't have the love of Christ in their life. And we are the light to bring that love to them. We are the third day people. We are, uh, he becomes we, you know, we become part of him. We're part of him and, and we become him uh, in the earth realm. We are the third day. There's three dispensations of time and we're in the third dispensation of grace. Uh, I mean, seven dispensations of time, but we're in the third day, as they say. We're at the end of time. The, the kingdom uh, uh, age is going to begin. And it's getting ready to begin. We have been given dominion. We are being given dominion in the earth by the virtue of having been conformed to his image. And our global ministry is to be marked by boldness. Boldness should be on a believer. Translated is farisha, which means to be outspoken. Frankness. Bluntness. It means publicity assurance. It's the same word when God told Joshua, go in and contend with the enemy across the Jordan. He said, go contend with the enemies of Israel. That word contend means to stir up, to irritate, to grate. I like I liken it as taking a stick and you're walking past a yard and there's a big old dog in the yard in the fifth yard and you're poking at the dog. Mm, yeah. He said, go in there and contend with the enemy. Don't go in there and hope they don't attack you. You go in there and mess with them because I'm with you. Okay. You go contend with them. So 
Character in the believer cannot be imparted. It's apostolically grown and built in you. The foundation of the apostles and prophets. I build in you the foundation to go forth in boldness to speak God's word. And so when we have talk about Pentecost, we're talking about the Holy Ghost is on us. In, in fact, they threatened the apostles. They said, grant us boldness to speak as we ought to speak. Let me be bold when I see oppression. Let me be bold and contend with racism. Let me be bold and contend with those that have got hatred in our... When you, as I, say, I always say, when you see somebody that is racist, or have, go right in their face. You need to get in their face and tell them about Jesus. You don't let it go by. Oh, that's just another one. No, we need to contend with them. One on one, each one, every time we see it, we need to contend with it. Don't let it just get away. Uh, there's, uh, I've learned over these my years here on the earth. There are three different types of race races. Those are ones. They're the ones that ones that openly tell you they don't like you. <laughs> then there's the ones that, that 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 act like they like you, but in the back room they plotting against you. And then there's the next the next group altogether is that they 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 don't show at all and they're just doing it. They're, they're really, really sneaky at what they're doing behind your back, behind closed doors. I, I, uh, I, I shared this, I've shared this before uh, on my job. <clears throat> uh, I, I worked up in Libertyville years ago, 20, 30, almost 40, 35, 40, I used to work up in Libertyville. And I was the only, one of the only black supervisors in the plant. There was one, one other black guy, he was an engineer, and I was... The, uh, uh, the only other one, and uh, they would they would get on me and say, "Well, uh, I said they, they would promote everybody around me, but they wouldn't promote me." And I said, "Well, why aren't you promoting me?" He said, "Well, everybody in the front office, you know, their eyes are on you. You know, you got to do excellent, excellent, double. You got to do double what everybody else does." I said, "That ain't fair. Why do I have to do double?" So I went to the Lord. I said, "Lord, you hear what they said? I got to do. I got to do double. I got to do double. I'd be twice as good as they are." And God said. Do it. You'll be twice as smart as they are. He didn't even side with me. <laughs> he would think he would side with me, you know. Poor me, and I'm the only black person in this whole big old factory, and they treat me this way, and they wouldn't promote me, and this and that. And God said, Go, do, do, do it. You'll be twice as smart as them. And when I did it, I found out I was twice as smart as them. They would come to me for the answers, because I had all the answers. Amen. I learned something. I said, I'm just as smart as anybody else, amen. They, all these years, they try to tell me I was. They try to put me in the dumbbell class, you know, the you know the, the little small room with four chairs in it, <laughs> in the janitor's closet, because you weren't too smart. <laughs> they try to tell me I wasn't gonna ever. I had a teacher tell me I would never learn anything, that I would be dumb, you know. Just this stuff you deal with in life, uh, people try to block you from where you want to go. So, racism is there, but you got to be able to deal with it. And, and here's the final part of what they told me. They said, now, uh, uh, he said, well, you don't have your college degree. If you had your college degree, you know, you, 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 we promote you. So I went and got my degree. Right. And I came back, I said, here's my degree. Oh, we never promised we would promote you. Oh. You said, you just need to have one. Oh. See, that's how racism does, you know. Oh, we didn't promise it to you. We just said you got to have one. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, now, and went down the day of Pentecost, had fully come. They were assembled together in one place, unity, coming together. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven, the like a righty violent tempest wind and blast that filled the whole house where they were sitting. And so, and there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which separated and distributed and settled on each one of them. And they were filled diffused throughout soul their souls with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other different languages. Languages, tongues, as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. There was racial unity in the room. They all spoke. There were different nationalities, different nations were all there, and they were in a unity, and the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, and they began to speak with different expressions of tongues and, and, and the Holy Spirit gave them power to speak. The, the type and shadow of the, of the Tower of Babel, when Nimrod built the Tower of Babel, God said, let me go down and because these people, they would do whatever they imagined in their hearts and God said, let me go down and see what they're doing and when he went out and see what they're doing, Nimrod said, I'm going to build a tower up to heaven, I'll be like God and God said he brought confusion, he gave them tongues. 
because they're all of one language. God came down, let me confuse them. He gave them all different tongues. So they all began to speak Chinese, Hebrew, and they couldn't understand each other. So everybody had to go because they couldn't, they couldn't communicate no longer. And so that was a shadow. And so in the New Testament, he said, I'm going to bring tongues again. This time, I'm going to confuse those in the world. I'm going to confuse them by giving tongues to my believers. And believers begin to speak in everybody else's language. Unlearned people that were village people that didn't know any languages. They started speaking Swedish and German and Chinese and Korean. And all this kind of stuff was coming out of them. And people said, what in the world? Are they drunk? No. And so after they heard all this commotion and they gathered together in Acts 2.38, they said, what do we have to do to be saved? And Peter said, repent. That's where we are in America. Change your views, change your purpose, and accept the will of God in your inner selves instead of rejecting God. That's where America is right now. We need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness or the release of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the whole thing in a nutshell. God wants to part his spirit on every soul. Our sons and daughters will prophesy. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in America. Amen. We need an outpouring. There was a great outpouring in Azusa Street. Everybody in America was saved at one time. Do You know, everybody in Korea, North Korea was saved at one time. Everybody in Germany was saved at one time. The whole nation was serving God and all of them went back into darkness. Yep. Every generation, they switch, they go back, they, they leave God and forget about God. So repentance is the key to baptism of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 12 verse 10 says, I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and unmerited favor and supplication. And they shall look earnestly upon me whom they have pierced. God said, I'm going to pour it on them. And then the Jews are going to open up their eyes and say, oh, we pierced the Messiah. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. They shall be in bitterness for him as one who is in bitterness for his firstborn. So back in Acts chapter 2, after Peter got up and started preaching to them, this is the one, the Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified. And said, let his blood be upon him. This is that which he was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. You killed him, your Messiah, and you didn't even know he was the Messiah. And they were pricked in their hearts. And they said, well, what do we have to do? And he said, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins. So they were in unity in prayer, and they were convicted together. Because the, the, the apostles, the, the people that were filled with the Holy Ghost, they were in unity and in prayer. The Holy Ghost was poured out on them, and they came to hear what was going on, and then they became convicted of what they did to Christ, and they began to be baptized. The Bible says 500 souls were, were added to them. And, and so unity comes from Pentecost. They were in one accord in one place. And so in this place of unity, Jesus did three things. There was unity in prayer. Unity on three levels. First, there was unity of command. He asked, uh, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles that are special messengers, some to be prophets that inspired preachers and teachers, expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock, and some teachers. So Jesus took his mantle and split it five ways. His anointing is split it five ways and gave it to men, his apostles. Each one of them had a different gift. And so his attention was for the perfecting of the saints. The full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body. And so the fivefold job is to perfect the saints, to anoint you, to get you bold, to get you inspired, and then you go out on the front line in these pickets and sit-ins and civil, civil uh, uh, voicing the civil oppression against coming against oppression of the people. We're to be on the front line, bringing Christ in the midst of that situation. Amen. So, so the, 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 the apostles and the prophets and pastors are, are the perfect the people, the workers, to go out and expand the kingdom of God. Amen. And so I was noticing on Facebook, said, where are the pastors at? Why, why ain't the pastors speaking up? And why ain't the pastors leading us? No, in this time, this warfare is the believer's warfare. Mm 
In this dispensation of time, when the kingdom of God is being ushered in, it is the warfare of the saints. It is the anointing of God is coming on the saints, coming on you to do the work of the ministry. It's no more uh, a great apostle than great prophet and great teacher. It's about you. It's not about me. I'm just a coach. Okay. I'm sitting on the coach. You know, the coach sits on the bench. He don't get to go play in the game. He sends the players in the game. And so we're, I'm the coach to send you in. Are you ready? You, you can play that position. You can play that position. Send that person out. And so there's a unity of command was the first thing Jesus did. And when, when you're in unity and command, soldiers stand shoulder to shoulder. First Chronicles 12, 38 says, these are the men of, this is David, the, all these men of war that could keep rank came with a perfect heart to Hebrew to make David king over all Israel and to make the rest also Israel were of one heart to make David king. Now remember that David was anointed twice. He was anointed king uh, over Judah and then he was anointed king over all of Israel. So they all came together and made him king over all Israel. So in this hour, men and women of strength, because you're strengthened by the Holy Ghost, committed full of wisdom of the Holy Spirit, full of humility and valor of the Holy Spirit. You are the people that are fighting on behalf of, 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 uh, of righteousness. You are anointed to destroy Satan's kingdom, Satan's strongholds, uh, Satan in people's lives. We are to do it one-on-one, -on -one, one person at a time. Deal with them one-on-one, just in the street, in the store, whenever you find them. We're dealing with, we're anointed to do this. And so this outpouring that God is wanting to do is releasing is for us to bring in the harvest of souls. So you can't sit back and say, well, we got to stay in the church and wait for people to come. God said, I'm going to anoint you to do it. You're going to be doing it with joy. He said, they that sow it with tears are going to come back with joy. Bring it in the harvest with joy. People are going to come to you. I'm saying, you're not going to have to, you're not going to, have to force people to, Force Jesus on people in this hour. You never have to force them. They're going to ask, Are you a Christian? They can tell. They can look at you. You're a Christian. I know you're a Christian. There's something about you that's different from everybody else. They can, they'll, they'll know who you are. And then that's your opportunity to tell them of Jesus Christ. So there's unity of effort when we come into Pentecost. Uh, healing of the nations, winning souls with the love of Christ. Our eyes are on the Lord, not on man. Our eyes are with a single vision. We're using supernatural graces that he's pouring on us uh, for this unity purpose to open the blind eyes, to open up deaf ears, uh, the dumb, the dumb speak, the lame walk, the, the cancer is healed, the sickness is healed. All of these giftings God's releasing to the believer. Now, if every believer is flowing in this Pentecostal anointing, guess who the devil's going to attack? He don't know who to attack. Because everybody's got the same gifting. See, right now, for the last 15, 20 years or 30 years, it's been the pastor. The pastor gets beat up. He gets attacked. He gets spiritual warfare. Saints ain't doing nothing but sitting there coming on Sunday and just sitting back and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. But now God said, I need my people to get out, my body, to rise, shine, and go forth. Uh, get, the, get the book by Dr. Bill Hammond on the, 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 the end time war, the war of the saints. This is the war. This is the, God wants to anoint uh, my whole uh, 30 years, 35 years of ministry has been teaching the gifts of the Spirit, teaching people how to prophesy, how to lay hands on the sick, how to cast out devils, preparing the bride and preparing the body of Christ to go forth, not to sit on the gifts. For a long time, the church wouldn't let you prophesy. Long time, the church wouldn't let you sing a song. You didn't sing prophetic songs. You didn't get up and prophesy. You didn't get up to uh, 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 they'll take the mic from you, give you one minute to give your testimony. And, Sit you back down. Amen. You sat in the pew and you didn't do anything. God said, time out for that. I need my body to rise up and begin to heal the nations. And a type and shadow of the power of the corporate anointing. The Pentecost was a corporate thing, a corporate anointing. Exodus 30 verse 22 says, More of the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take thou also unto thee three principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels of sweet cinnamon, half as much, 200 and even 250 shekels of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of olive, oil olive in a hen. And thou shalt make an oil of holy anointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary, and it shall be a holy anointing oil. 
That's the corporate anointing. I'll show you. Uh, it, this, remember, the Old Testament is a shadow of the New Testament. And we'll see each one of these ingredients were part of the fivefold anointing that Jesus released after Pentecost. He anointed five to go forth and charge them, and they gave that charge to church. Each of the four principal spices were head spices. It was poured on the head. These spices ran down from the life of our head, Jesus Christ. He took his anointing and split the five spices. Pure myrrh is symbolized in Matthew, which reveals the king who suffered and died at the hands of people. That's myrrh. Sweet cinnamon symbolizes the book of Mark, shows the sweetness of the servant of Jehovah who came to minister not to be ministered to. That's the key. When God anoints you on Pentecost, when they were anointed on Pentecost, they had the power to go forth. He said, go cast out devils, heal the sick, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The power is there as resident in you to do the work of Christ. He said, greater work shall you do. And so we are to go forth. We are not to be ministered to. You've already been ministered to here. You've got your deliverance. you got your healing. Now you can go out and do it, reproduce it somewhere else. Sweet calamus, which means the branch of the Gospel of Luke, symbolizes Luke. Calamus symbolizes Luke. It tells of a man, Christ Jesus, the extension and express image of God. And casia, which means to cleave. This is the book of John. It illustrates Jesus as the high-flying eagle, the son who flew up to the father in worship. It means to cleave. If you read John, it says, abide in me and my word abide in you. Cleave to me and let your, my word cleave to you. Except you are the vine, branches, I am the vine. You can do nothing without me. I cleave. So all, when you put all four spices together with the olive oil, it produced the anointing. The anointing. The anointing comes on Pentecost. Psalms 133 says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. Pentecost was unity. They're all in one room, 120 souls on one accord. It's pleasant. He said it's like the precious oil or ointment on the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. So the head or the pastor, the apostle, anoints you and it flows down the head into the body or the, 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 the border of the skirts of the garment is the body of Christ. It flows into the body of Christ. The oil flows from Jesus to the apostles, to the apostles, to the congregation, and the congregation to the people in the street. He said, it is as the dew, verse 3 of Psalm 130, it is as the dew of Hermon. And as the dew of that descended on the mountains of Zion, for the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So when unity comes in, he commands blessings. When we're unified, not in division, not in discord, but in unity. Now you say, as the dew of Mount Hermon, <clears throat> uh, Mount Hermon was so high and, it, and when the dew would settle, it accumulated and began to flow down the mountain and it turned into a mighty stream. So when it got down to the foot of the mountain, it was like a river flowing. He said, so the oil is like, starts out as dew, but then it, it, it builds and builds and builds and collects and collects. And then you start getting streams coming out of the mountain and you start getting torrents coming down the mountain. The snow starts melting. Everything, it's like a torrent coming down Mount Hermon. This is a picture. I put a picture, but this is Mount Hermon. Uh, is the waterfall. I mean, the, the dew uh, uh, comes and it accumulates and it just comes down. He said, that's what the anointing is like. It's like a waterfall. So he said, let the waterfall flow over us. Saturate us in the waterfall of your anointing. Unity. Pentecost was a place of the cluster. Isaiah 65 and 8. Thus saith the Lord, as new wine is found in the cluster. One saith, destroy it not, for the blessing is in the cluster. So I will do for my servant's sake that I might not destroy them. So when we come together in the cluster, it produces wine. One grape cannot produce wine. You need a cluster. You need a bunch of clusters together. And as I said, I believe that, really believe that they wanted to shut the church down so bad to keep, 
keep intercession from going forth or corporate intercession coming forth. So we shut down for two months. That's enough for them to plan their plot to blow up America. See, the, it's not about the people that are out in the street that I'm talking about when I'm dealing. Even when I post that, I'm not talking about the people in the street. I'm talking about principalities and powers that I have to deal with in the spirit realm. I see what they're doing. And I see that I know it takes corporate anointing and corporate prayer to keep and watch over the gates of the city. Not one person can do it. It takes an anointing, a unity together to keep the enemy out. So a cluster means togetherness. It means a family. It means a multitude of fullness, a manifold fullness of the body of Christ. God said in Pentecost, I want to bring the fullness of the body of Christ into a full statue. So the body of Christ is waking up finally. Slowly waking and rubbing his eyes. Oh, the world is going to pot. <laughs> Everything has been destroyed. Where we been? We've been asleep. On the PlayStation or something. We ain't been doing what we're supposed to do. We are one body, in 1 Corinthians 12 says. As, as, as the body is one and have many members, all the members of the one body. Being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, by the Holy Ghost, are we baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews, Gentiles, whether we be Spanish, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Cuban, Indonesian, Malaysian, we will be, we will be bond or free. We have been made to drink with the same spirit. Hallelujah in America is the same as hallelujah in Africa. Or in Korea. That's one word you can hear. You may not speak the language, but when, you know when they say hallelujah. Every, everywhere you go, they say hallelujah. It's the same language. You may not understand. I mean, when I first started going overseas, I didn't know what the people was talking about. The language was fine, but when the worship was going on, I knew what they were talking about. We, we, had, we, had, like, we had the same father. Amen. They worship the same father. Amen. You can worship. I don't know what your words you're saying, but it sure feels good. I can tell the presence of the Lord in your words. The worship is important. Galatians 3, there is neither Jew nor Greek. This is how Jesus dealt with racism. He said, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ. Jesus was discriminated against. He said, can anything come out of Nazareth? Can anything come out of the projects? Can anything come out of poverty? Can anything come out of... When you scream a Christian, Jesus is supposed to come out. Not cursing. <laughs> Not them curse words. You're supposed to be coming out of him. I was somebody squeeze you the wrong way. <laughs> uh, they've got some cursing Christians around. I know they do. <laughs> Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall be any means hurt you. Don't expect God to come down and to save America. He's waiting on the church to rise up and do it. The Bible says Jesus went about in Acts 10.38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth or Cynthia of Aurora with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed, oppressed of the devil, for God was with her. Amen? Amen. Amen. Or, or, or God anointed Dana of, of, of Aurora with the Holy Ghost and power. Amen. God, put your name in there. He anointed you to go about doing good, healing all men of the press. Well, well, I ain't been to the school of healing. You don't need to go. You got the Holy Ghost in you. You got the anointing in you. Amen? Amen? I don't have to lay hands on you. He said the Holy Ghost will teach you all things and give you all wisdom. Amen. It's already resonant in you when the, when the little seed of the Holy Ghost came in you, you begin to speak in tongues. All the giftings were placed in you at that time. It's already in you. All you got to do is stir it up and believe that you received it and step out in faith and use it. You gotta feel. Oh, I gotta wait till the tingles get on me to lay hands on you. Hey, call me back an hour <laughs> as I prayed for half hour, and I feel all tingly. Then I'll come lay hands on you. It don't work that way. And it's not you that's healing them. It's the Holy Ghost in you that's healing them. All you gotta do is loose Him. All you have to do. All we have to do is be His hands, be His feet, be His mouth, be His eyes. 
and he'll do the rest. He just needs you to go and confront and go and be bold and confront sin wherever you see it. Use your power. Walking around with that big old gun on your hip and you never shot it your whole life. Big old sword. You look good. Your armor's all shiny and bright. You ain't been in one fight. That's how Christians are. You got on a bright armor, you got your helmet on, you got the breastplate on, you got that big shiny sword, and there ain't been anybody. It's like, it's like when I was in high school and you sat on the bench and you're in the football game and, and, and you, didn't, you didn't get to play, you dived on the ground and got grass stains on your pants so it looked like you was in the game. <laughs> you didn't go back to the locker room all clean, amen. You act like you hit something or, or somebody or something. He said, for the kingdom of God is not in, in word, but in power. We got to demonstrate the power. What will you, shall I come unto you with a rod or in love? In the spirit of meekness? Paul, 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 Paul said, I, you want me to come in love? Get up and do something. That's what God is saying. Get up and do something. I don't have to beat you to make you go out and do it. So something like your kid, tell them to do something, you got to almost half beat them to make them do it. You told them to do it and a half hour later, they're still sitting there not doing what you told them to do. Use your power. The dunamis power of the Holy Ghost. The fire of God is on you. The fire of God is in your hands. Uh, this is a picture, a little picture. This is Africa of uh, 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 flames. Uh, what's the name? I forgot her name. Uh, took this picture in uh, Ghana, in one of the crusades. They took a picture and all the, you can see, um, when they developed the film, they saw the flames, the presence of God coming out of people's heads. I've got a picture somewhere, I can't find that picture. I've been, I, I, it's somewhere in my, in fact, when I was preaching in a village in India, and, and, and uh, uh, Carmen snapped a picture of a lady, she started clapping her hands like the Holy Ghost was on her, and they took the picture, and they saw the Holy Ghost entering into her, in, in between her hands. And enter it on, on her head. The presence of God came on. So the Holy Spirit, you can't see him, but he's there. You can sense his presence when, you, when you're in the room. The fire of the Holy Ghost, people begin to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it, it's a divine move of God. And as I said, notice nobody's laying hands on them. This is what we're believing God to do in America. Nobody's going to have to lay hands on him. He pours out his fire. He pours out the oil of the Holy Ghost. He pours out Pentecost on the earth, on people. He said he's going to touch every soul. Every person will have the opportunity to receive Christ. And then he said, then there shall be a great falling away. And then shall come in. Pentecost, there's power. The power to deal with levels. The kingdom of God is coming into the earth. Let me wrap this up. I got two minutes. I'll just share this real quickly. In one of the dreams I had, uh, uh, it, uh, it was in. It was right at the beginning. Jesus, the, the beginning of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Jesus had come back, and we're in the beginning of the thousand year reign. And I was on this street, and I saw. I don't know if they were Chinese or somebody, but they were beating the crap out of this white guy. I mean, they were discriminating against him. They were calling him all kind of names. And he was being just literally like being discriminated against. And I feel so sorry for him. And the Holy Spirit said, go over and, and talk to him. And the, Lord, and the Lord had me go over and tell him and say, this is what you got to do when you're being oppressed by another nationality. I said, you need to be humble. You need to have Christ in your life. Yeah, you don't speak back. Don't get angry. Just... Allow Christ in you. The, the person I was talking to, the white person I was talking to, they have never been discriminated like that. Never been treated something like that. It's just, how? What? And he was angry and, he was, and the guy was punching him because he was talking back and stuff and beating him down. And, and, I, and the Lord said, they're going to have to learn what you learned. What you went through. How to go through that type of oppression. And, that, and said, there's, so there's coming a day. That every nationality, every race has been under slave or tribute of some nation, some other nation. And so uh, uh, even though we, as, 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 as I said, why, why are black folks always being attacked? And why are we always being, he said, because you're special. Because you're special. And they know the guilt, 
and they stole all your ideas and stole your inventions and stole everything. Everything we created, they stole it. I'm sorry, they did. I asked my wife, I said, look, I told my wife, I said, you need to read your history. Who made the stoplight? Who made GPS? Who made the cell phone? Who made the brain surgery? Who did light fixtures? Who made the first car? It was a black man. It wasn't Ford. Ford stole the idea from the black man. Who made the first whiskey? Whiskey didn't come from Kentucky. A black man made the whiskey, and the guy put his label on it. Amen? We have so much creativity and so much knowledge, and God allowed us to go through what we go through. And you can oppress us, and we still praise God. You can beat us, and we'll still praise God. The slaves were beaten. They were, uh, Toby had his toes cut off. He still praised God. <laughs> we will praise God in the midst of anything. Our, we know who our Lord is, and we know who our Savior is. We are, we are, our soul is anchored in the Lord. No matter how you treat us, how bad you treat us, we still show Jesus Christ. Our strength is in the Lord. We know where our strength comes from. We know what it is, but it's going to turn around when we're all going to be one in, in, in unity. There ain't going to be no white section in heaven and black section in heaven. There ain't going to be none of them sections in heaven. There ain't going to be none of them. We're all part of Jesus Christ. When you put us all together, our colors all together, we'll have to be the color of Christ. Because he's a multicolored God. I mean, we put it all, we put yellow and orange and white and yellow, put them all together, blend them all together. That'll be Jesus Christ. So there's no, there's, no, there's no difference in racism. Jesus dealt with racism. He was discriminated against. He was a Jew. Uh, Romans discriminated against him, and everybody discriminated against him. He came from Nazareth. Amen. Nobody wanted to talk to you from Nazareth. That's like being from the projects on the south side. Anybody going to talk to you. He's going to even give you a job. Amen. Might let you sweep the floor, but that's the best we're going to do for you. But God said, I'm going to send dunamis power. Power. We have the power. This is the hour of power where they say, well, we're going to lay you off or we're going to retire you early or you ain't going to have. God is my source. He is my power. He is my strength. Amen. I don't worry about all this stuff because it's going to pass away and he's got better things to give us anyway. This, this little short life that you have, you don't get to stay here about six to 80 years. It goes quick, especially when you get on the other side of 50. It's like, hey, put the brakes on. <laughs> Pump the brakes. Stop. Y'all know I'm telling you, it's like, why, what? How did I get here so quick? Yeah, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. I don't want to get off. I want to ride, you know, like you used to have Riverview, they had the, the rides, and uh, you ride on the Bobcat or the Bob, and, and you come back around, and you get got another ticket. So I ain't getting on, ride again, huh? Exusive power. So let me, I, I, I stop here. I believe God's pouring out his spirit. And everybody's believing this is the launching point. Pentecost was the harvest time. The harvest of souls are going to come in. And the trumpets are going to be the time of worship and rejoicing, uh, the time of getting your reward, time of everything restored. Pentecost was seventh week, the seven weeks, the 50th day of seven weeks. Uh, everything's restored. Everything is brought back. The sacrifices are made, and God said, I'll bless you. Pour my spirit on. It's a time of unity in the body of Christ. It's time for the body of Christ to get up and wake up. Unfortunately, many people are not getting up and waking up, even from this, this coronavirus. Amen. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that the anointing goes on this word, that people will be baptized, that the Lord will baptize you in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. If you've never spoken in tongues, all you have to do is open up your mouth, begin to believe God, see in your mind's eye, you speaking to God in another language, ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you in the Holy Ghost, and begin to, by faith, speak into another language. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. I got filled laying in my bed. Nobody laid hands on me. I said, Lord, I want to speak in tongues. And all of a sudden, just bloop, just came out because my spirit man was baptized in the Holy Ghost and it was my spirit man that spoke. It wasn't me. It was my spirit man speaking to God. So everyone needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit in order to, for God to come back for his church. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to get out of here because he's your power. To get off this earth, amen? You can jump all you want, but if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you're going to be jumping long. <laughs> amen? Come on, we're going to do like Superman. Put up, put up, come on, Jesus, take me out of here. <laughs> amen. I'm done. Thank you. You shut me off. Praise God. I'm going to get in trouble.
I don't want to get in trouble. The name. I was praying, let my people go. Let us go right. Y'all scared of that little virus. Now they're saying that the virus is not a virus, but a bacteria. That gets in, got in people's body and it coagulated their blood. They said in Italy they found out this, give people three aspirins and some anticoagulants and they were healed, healed of that stuff. I'm telling you, there's wicked people out there that wanted to, they're pushing the apocalypse or the end time agenda. They're trying to push destruction of the earth. You had billionaires building safe houses and uh, little, little caves and, and hideaways and then and, and a lot of these folks got their little uh, uh, safe house, safe room in the house. They build them in there. They build a house yeah, now. Yeah. Big old cement vault. I, we looked at one house in Yorkville. A guy had a cement vault, cement ceiling, cement walls, had water stacked in there and everything. Wow. Oh they everything stacked in there. So if something comes, they, they'll, 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 they'll be protected. You can't hide from God. They're going to call, say, rocks fall on me. When, when God get through it, they say, rocks fall on me, kill me. And you're not going to be able to die. That's a shame. In the end time, God said, I ain't going to let y'all die. You're so wicked, I ain't going to let you die. You'll see people walking around with knives stuck in their chest and they ain't dead. They're just walking around because they can't die. Head half off. And shot themselves with a gun trying to get out of the earth. And they walk around with a half a head and they won't die. You can't die unless God lets you die. Do you know that? You can't even die unless God lets you die. You got to get permission from Jesus to die. Praise God. Well, bless you. Hallelujah. Who wants to do it? I need someone to minister Tuesday. I'm going to take a break. Rose, Cynthia, somebody want to minister Tuesday? We've been, I've, we've been here every Tuesday and every Sunday. I'm, I haven't shut down anything. We ain't shutting down on no devil. Thank you. You want to teach?